Welcome to the Ink to Film podcast, where we read the book and then see the movie. I'm Luke. And I'm James. So we're off this week and releasing a From the Vault uh, Jaws 2 episode that was recorded, I believe, in summer of 2019, but I, we listened back to, and I think it's a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're a huge fan of Jaws 2, you might disagree with us a little bit, but uh, yeah. I, I think we, you know, we, we had a good conversation. We talked about reasons, things we liked eventually, but, uh, you know, we didn't love it. But there, there's stuff to talk about in there. Yeah. So, so that's, it I was think your that's first time it seeing it, too, which I remember being a little bit surprised. I felt like a lot of people had seen this movie, but yeah. uh, you somehow missed it. Um, I mean, there's some iconic scenes yeah. in that movie that like people people are going to remember. So I think it's worth talking about. And uh, it, I thought we got a, had a good discussion about like sequels in general, which I think is worth it. You know, if you, if you have thoughts about about the phenomenon of sequels, you know, when they go right, when they go wrong. Uh, we got into some of that, which was, which I think was interesting. Famous, the famous tagline, you know, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, is this movie, right? So it's like I think so. That, yeah. That's at least iconic in in and of itself. <laughs> we also are coming in after a fraught election where we're both feeling better. I think it's safe to say about about America and a little bit relieved. Uh, lots of sh- lots of work to be done. Lots of stuff still to to fight for. Um, you know, it's just one one fight along the way, but a very important one. This had to happen. Biden was elected, and uh, yeah, it's been nice to to get a little bit more sleep than I feel like I have been over the last four years. These last few nights. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the biggest thing is just no more Trump. So it, yeah. it's you know, well, unfortunately, we have to put up with some shit until the twentieth. But yeah soon no more trump anyway um we're getting on a tangent here this is a bonus episode uh released to the main feed because we're off so uh hopefully you guys enjoy it we'll be back next week with cinderella we are covering the 1997 movie and the original brothers grim story which i'm sure are going to be quite different from one another uh, and should be fun to sort of get into the differences there and and uh, watch that movie. Actually, I've never seen that version of Cinderella, so I'm excited to, to get into that too. Yeah, well, we hope you we hope you enjoy this. This, like we said, former Patreon exclusive, uh, yeah. being released into the regular feed. So, uh, you know, w- some of them get released, some of them don't. If you are interested, maybe check out our Patreon if you wanted to see, because this is like a year and a half later. So, if you wanted yeah. to get the latest and greatest stuff, maybe check that out. Yeah, we've definitely got a lot more episodes. We put a new one out every month on there. Anyway, enjoy. So we chose this project because we've put it up to a poll a couple of times and it's always kind of been, in, there's a lot of interest in it. It's been in second place a couple of times and we were yeah. like, let's just do Jaws 2 here at the end of the summer. It's come in like second or third on, on a lot of polls and we really love the original Jaws and that that is one of our projects from our first summer, I think when we were doing kind of our summer of monsters and um, we enjoyed that those episodes um, immensely and this was kind of, kind of interesting because it kind of got... It, it brought some of that feeling back. Um, you mentioned to me this week when we talked about it that you don't think you'd ever seen this movie. So I'm curious, after watching it, is that true? Had you never seen it? I don't think I had, no. I, I, I feel like at some point I thought I had. I think I've seen one of the other ones, like Jaws 3D or, or whatever the sure. other one's called. There's a Jaws 4 and maybe Yeah, a five, I think I've I seen... Know. There's definitely four. I, so I really... I'm So I'm revisiting this. I had seen it before. I think I've maybe seen it two or three other times. Um, but it's been a long time, and then and then uh, obviously this was kind of a whole different experience at watching it um, now. But I'm really curious to know what your thoughts are on on this movie. Okay, 
I kind of wanted you to go first, but I'm I'm willing to go first if you, if you no, want I, to. No, because... someone who's never seen it before. I, I want I want your I don't want to affect your your statements or right. your opinions. I want to hear them. Uh, this movie was sequels in general are tough, but I felt that this movie was like really really lame. I really I did not enjoy watching this movie. Um, I, I'm not very surprised to hear that. It's a it, in my opinion, it's like the the definition of like what a pale imitation like. Uh, uh diminishing diminishing returns sequel it just is that in every way and uh i liked seeing some of the same landscapes some of the like martha's vineyard i think was back yeah um they were able to use the score so, a little bit but i was some surprised of the same at how characters much they, some of the same characters yeah i'm surprised they didn't use the score more than they did um but so there's there's little moments maybe of of reminiscing of jaws kind of making me think of jaws but uh at the end of the day i was like oh god this is like really really bad and and uh after i did some research after watching it i i found some stuff about it that that uh might point to why okay i'm definitely interested to hear that um let me let me weigh in a little bit yeah i i agree with you and i at the end of the movie i kind of summed it up with with this idea i was like this movie is what people think Jaws 1 is if they've never seen it and just know it's about a shark like attacking people at a beach. Like yeah. that's that's what I think if you don't know anything about Jaws and you don't have interest in it it's because you think it's this movie which yeah. is like it, it it's stripping away all the things about Jaws 1 that make it actually really creative, interesting have you know de- have a lot of depth all the things that make it a classic film and replacing it with all of the sort of like we're going to focus on shark attacks we're going to it's going to be sort of uh exploitative and it's going to be just kind of shallow and i felt like that was what was left when they made the sequel it was like they misidentified the things about the first one that made it popular or maybe they just didn't care and they decided to just slap it together and make this sort of poor imitation. So I agree with that. Absolutely. So, and it's funny because I think this is actually one of the more well-regarded Jaws sequels, maybe even the most well-regarded. I mean, it very well maybe, but but I, I I think the things that I didn't like about it were... The main thing for me was was a severe lack of memorable characters in any way. I did. Yeah. I was not. I didn't care about any of the characters. Even they ma- even made me care less about Brody than I did in the first movie. Yeah, and like he like loses his job and like this and that. And I'm just like oh, I just can't even stay invested in the character that I was invested in the first movie. I agree. I did. I I do think his stuff is some of the strongest stuff. Um, him the idea of him being sort of haunted by what happened to him and having like PTSD about it and overreacting and then like now he's not being believed for a different reason of like people assume he's just been traumatized and that stuff was kind of working for me it doesn't feel like it quite lands and it it had more potential than it would necessarily like what they did with it but um that's some of the best stuff in the movie but that's not saying a lot (laughs) considering my overall opinion of the movie so i agree with you that's definitely the best stuff and and something that i realized while watching was that it they really decided to you know, we really liked Quint. We really like, I think his name Hooper, right? Hooper, Hopper, yeah. Hooper. Yeah, Hooper, Hooper yeah. The they, they reference him so, in the movie, too. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so, but you, Hooper, he's Quint. He's off in Antarctica. Yeah, and Brody. Yeah. Hooper, Quint, and Brody were like the, the main three characters that, right. that you know, hooked us in with, with different, they're very different characters, and they hooked us in, and we were invested in them uh, as people. So, 
what I think they tried to do with this one was say, all right, we weren't able to get anybody else to come back. We don't want to really introduce any other characters. We kind of want to ride on the coattails of the first one. So they were like, let's just move into a direction where it's really just a movie about Brody. It's it's just a one character movie. Everybody else around him is satelliting. There's not really no other storylines going on. I, yeah. I guess other I was actually than maybe really like disappointed with the uh, the teenagers in this movie because in my memory of it, I thought they like were more realized characters with some sort of character arcs to them, but they're none of them are actually. They're all just sort of horny teenagers who want to hook up with each other. You know, various levels of like, oh, you're nerdy, oh, you're too skinny, or you're this and that. And other than that, that's all they really are. They're all very flat. They don't seem to really go in the, anywhere. No one has moments of bravery or moments of things that like sort of elevate them. Um, there's just not a lot there with the kids in, in this movie, and it was kind of sad to see. Yeah, I, I think so. We talked about in the first with the, in our, our coverage of the first movie how uh, it can be seen as like a monster movie, right? The original can be seen as this monster Absolutely. movie, and yeah. I think I think they took that to eleven, and they were like, let's just make Jaws a slasher. Like, let's just exactly, like, yeah, make the horny teenagers all the cliches. We'll throw the creature in there. We'll show the creature a lot, which is also something I read something about. But but just in general, we talked about the uh hitchcockian nature of like spielberg's first film uh like having studied hitchcock and realizing that like the suspense is what people are in for and ultimately yeah there's like a payoff but but keep them in suspenses for as long as possible as long as it's interesting i don't know this one was the this is like the opposite yeah it kind of reminds me of a a bad version credits they show the shark yeah such a mistake it reminds me of a bad version of like in the in the way that Alien was was kind of like the the hidden alien that's on the ship and and there's building suspense uh, horror film and then aliens showing like tons of aliens and they're like you know marines space marines are fighting them that kind of thing but I would say that this is the bad version of that like not yeah. not realizing what you could have done with potentially making this uh, more of like a an out and out not I don't know a different type of horror movie I guess that's true and in fact I would say that the original Alien is the actual sequel to Jaws. <laughs> um, that <laughs> like is that, the yeah. real, because that is a movie that understands what made Jaws amazing. And it does yeah. that, but it does it in space, and it does it with a different creature, and obviously all this stuff, right? But it, it, I think it really understood what made that movie so good. And it brings a lot of the same elements to the table with like great characters, with in-depth storylines, and, and, and a rich world-building and a, a creature that is more frightening for the for the fact that you see it less and understand it less. And and they nail all of that in Alien, um, which was, I think, originally pitched as Jaws in space. So I'm uh, sure. Yeah, yeah I, you, I, I think that's the that. real sequel to Jaws. <laughs> I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So focusing more on characters, I just want to dial in a little more because uh, I was thinking about it and you have the these three characters really bouncing off each other in Jaws. You have Quint, Brody, and Hooper, like you said. And Hooper is sort of the science-y um, guy who, like, he knows more than everybody else, yet he doesn't maybe know the way of the world like Quint does. And so him and Quint are always clashing over Quint's experience on the sea and his sort of, like, old knowledge, whereas Quint has the new knowledge of science and all this stuff, right? And you have these two things clashing, and then they're both faced with this creature that neither of them really understands um, it, it fully. And and I think that you could argue that's why Quint loses to it, essentially, right? Like, he still sort of underestimates it. 
And um, you get none of that in this movie because both of those characters are absent. And I thought there was a moment when they had this sort of scientist on the beach talking about the killer whale that I thought that she was kind of being the Hooper type character, but she's completely done away with after that scene and not a character that we follow at all. So I don't know. There's just like I it, it felt like there was an absence in the movie because of that that those characters being gone and those kind of essential battles not being fought on the screen. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely feel that as well. Um, Hooper, you know what's funny about this movie is that uh, it had me questioning when I when I first was realizing that that Richard Dreyfus as as Hooper wasn't going to be in the movie. Yeah, I was like, okay, so did he? It made me question whether he died or not in the original <laughs> Jaws because they do that bait and switch, right? They do like the you think he's dead, but he hides or something like that. He's hiding. Yeah, and then he comes or, up from the bottom, but at the end they're swimming away together, him and Brody. Right, so. right, right. So, so but died. it made me he died in the book though, so I can understand maybe that's okay. See, I remembered something like that, but but it made yeah, me question. He did die in the I was book. like, I was like, did Hooper die? And then they and then they no, no, they made the, it seem like he might have died in the movie too. Definitely, yeah. And then, but then, so they did the Hooper shout out in this movie just yep. to call attention to the fact that he wasn't in this movie. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of just like an eye rolling moment where I was just like, well, it's like. It's like they couldn't get him really back. Wish so you'd, did yeah, this. Wish, <laughs> I wish you had had him. Just like, don't even talk about him if you're, you know, you're not going to get him back. Well, I think uh, it's like, it, it makes sense. It's like, wouldn't Brody call Hooper? You know what I mean? So they had yeah, to address yeah, that's it true. somehow. That's true. So uh, speaking of that really quickly, Steven Spielberg and Richard Dreyfus were approached to direct and star in the sequel but production on Close Encounters of the Third Kind was was running behind and they declined to participate um, is the nice way, I think, that <laughs> was was said about them not being involved in this. But I also found something where Steven Spielberg told the San Francisco Film Festival that making a sequel to anything is a, is a cheap carny trick and that he did not even respond to the producers when they asked, to direct, asked him to, to direct. He claimed that the planned plot was to involve the sons of Quint and Brody hunting a new shark. David Brown said that Spielberg did not want to direct the sequel because he felt that he had done the definitive shark movie. The director later added that his decision was influenced by the problems that the Jaws production faced. He said, I would have done the sequel if I hadn't had such a horrible time at sea on the first film. Mm. Yeah, which we talked about that that, that was like a brutal shoot at at the time spent at sea. Um, I wonder how much of that there is with this movie because there is definitely a third act that's basically all out in the water. Um, yeah, because you have all these some other teams stuff sort of that. improbably crashing their boats into each other, which I thought was yeah. kind of hilarious. Yeah, I felt so, every single scene in this film that involved a shark attack just felt so engineered to me. It didn't, none of it felt natural. It just felt yeah. like, let's put a bunch of shark, shark attacks in this movie because they were in the first one. You know, there were shark attacks in the first one, but they were like, let's just do more and show the creature and... Uh, yeah, I mean, how about uh, when when he bites that ship and the and the woman pours gasoline over her own head and then on the <laughs> and then she shoots a flare for some reason, blowing up the yeah. ship like so improbable, bizarre series of events is so stupid. I just feel like they saw they were like, "There's an explosion in Jaws one. Maybe we put an explosion in Jaws two. Well, and like also, they kept doing I that. think they um. So later you see this the shark has like the burnt, uh, cut up face, right. and I feel like they wanted to imply in the trailers for this movie. <laughs> that maybe it was the same shark. And because yeah. because we remember that it, like half of its face blew up. So I, I bet a lot of people went into this movie going like, are they bringing that shark back to life? Because it was definitely dead at the end. And they were like, and then like it ended up not being that. But 
I don't well, know. I could tell at the end of this movie that, that when the shark went down, I was like, that shark's not dead. You know, <laughs> I mean, like it, it got smoke was billowing out of its eye sockets, but sure, maybe not. <laughs> that's not a dead shark. That, that That's a sequel waiting to happen I think, again. Isn't it like, so I think it's like the mother, though, or something, the mother shark or in the fourth one, that's what it is or something. So I don't know. I think it's maybe oh, really? a family of sharks. For some reason, I thought it was like the, the son or daughter of the original but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not steeped enough in the lore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I know uh, the fourth film, it's like the, the mother from, from these movies is the one who okay. is taking on the shark the one final time. Oh, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. I thought you meant the mother shark. Interesting. No, no. no and I think it is. I think it's the mother versus the mother versus shark. the mother. The mother of the other sharks. Yeah. Interesting. So you were talking about the production uh woes from the first one and there there were production woes on this one as well i wanted to tell you a couple quick things this film cost 30 million dollars to produce which is over three times more than the original jeez and it looks like ass compared to it yeah david brown (laughs) says that they did not budget the film because universal would never have given a green light to a 30 million dollar budget in those days the marine division head for universal on location philip kingry says that it cost approximately eighty thousand dollars per day to make this movie uh, when he was asked what his budget was, the producer responded, "We're not wasteful, but we're spending the profit from Jaws, and it will and it will take what it takes." <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, little story about the barge that you mentioned the the name of the small rocky island with an electrical relay station on it was. It looked like junk. a set from the moment you see it from the air. It looked like such a fucking set. Oh, it is. And wait till you hear this. So it was called uh, Cable Junction Island. This was actually an artificially constructed. It was actually, if you couldn't tell, it was actually <laughs> constructed set that uh, which caused numerous problems during filming. The island was made from plastic fiberglass material and was set on two barges. The surface of it was so slippery that it was difficult to traverse and even grab hold of it. This resulted in numerous retakes having to be shot, many actors slipping and falling off it constantly. Due to due to it not being anchored down properly, it once drifted away in the ocean and the production had to go out and tug it back. In The Making of Jaws 2 DVD documentary, director Jeanneau Schwark recounted the day when he was informed that his island set was on its way to Cuba. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why not just use an actual island? yeah i don't know i don't know it just i can't believe they didn't learn their lesson from the first one i mean they went through it and then were able to pull it off and and then they were like oh we're we're gonna go back out there on the high seas and shoot something else and we're gonna have a a barge and oh god it just sounds like a nightmare yeah well speaking of the effects of this movie there's one moment that i just had to see if you caught i i i I saw it the first time then i rewound it and watched it again because it's so bad um, the the shark comes out of the water and sideswipes this boat, like runs along its edge. And when it does, the the boat pulls on the rubber skin or whatever that's on the the shark, and its mm-hmm. mouth folds inward, including its teeth folding in, just like you can tell it's rubber <laughs> and plastic, and it folds inward over itself, and then it comes wow. free. Did you not see that? I didn't moment? even. No, I didn't. I didn't notice it. I might have to send you a picture after this because it's so bad. It looks so freaking fake i feel like i was starting to disengage with it at some point <laughs> i started to, to lose interest a little bit but it's a fine line right like uh, trying to figure out like why is this movie so subpar compared to the original you know and a lot of it is that sort of that original mentality but also like the original even was an adaptation of a book 
Um, so why was it so much better? You know, and, and, and I, just, I think from adaptation point of view, I think it's interesting to think about like what made it so much better. Yeah, I think it just has to do with understanding like what makes for compelling. Like each film is going to be compelling in a different way. The original was compelling because they understood the characters. They understood what the, what the suspense was going to be going forward. And then with the sequel, as actually I'll tell you right now, the director realized in the first film that everyone, you know, the film was commended for, for leaving the charts to the imagination. But this director felt that they should show it as much as poss- possible because the dramatic first image of it coming out of the water in, it, in the first film could never be repeated he believed that the the reduction of the first film's suspense was inevitable because the audience already knew what the shark looked like from the first film. So that I feel like that mentality partially has something to do with it, as well as I think it's a little bit... I mean, we, we, we talked about it in the first movie. Steven Spielberg was rewriting it every day, trying to uh, get exactly what he needed to get, and some shots were being left behind that he wasn't going to be able to work with. So I think that like just that can-do attitude and the, the the effort that he pushed it to might have something to do with the end product, but I'm sure a lot of people worked really hard on this film, and uh, it's just unfortunate to see them kind of, you know, like I said before, it's like a, it's a pale imitation as well as kind of not not pushing boundaries, you know, not doing anything new, not even just for the Jaws franchise or like a monster franchise, but just in general. It just feels yeah. like a lot of movies of that time, a lot of horror films. This feels like the cliche about sequels that, you know what I mean? Like, this is the trap of sequels, and it falls directly into it. And because of that, it comes away feeling like a shallow money grab, honestly. It feels like someone said, hey, this Jaws movie was crazy successful. We can't believe how much people are still talking about it. Quick, while the iron's still hot, let's put out a sequel and cash in on some of that mania. And a lot of the people who saw the first one are going to go see this new one in the movies, and we'll make a bunch of money. So let's slap it together. And and that's what it feels like. Even if that's not true, that's that's what this movie feels like. Yeah. And, and you know, the movies came out three years apart, so they definitely... It was definitely a reaction to the success of the first one. It wasn't like... It, it was, like, left left to lie, and people people stewed over, and they're like, oh, I want a sequel. It yeah. was like, all right, hurry I've really up. come up with, a, with a great idea for a sequel that right. you know feels like it needs to be made which is the reason to do a sequel <laughs> not because yeah. hey we need to make money or we should yeah. we can make money so let's do it yeah um, so yeah. so this film actually was the for a brief period it was the highest grossing sequel in history because you know there, there you weren't go, a ton of sequels up to this and point. that is that is a reflection of the quality of the original movie not yep. not this movie that is the quality of the original movie sold tickets to this movie you see it happen all the time it's just yeah. you know People, people will go see remakes and sequels and that kind of stuff. It's the name recognition that it's going to get people. And if, if they like that movie, they're going to check out the sequel. You know, that's like a, I th- I'm pretty sure on this fact, but I remember when we covered Game of Thrones um, somewhere in there. I, I can't remember if I actually said it on the episode, but um, I read that Feast for Crows was George R. R. Martin's first number one New York Times bestselling debut. So when it came mm-hmm. out, it hit number one. That mm-hmm. book hit number one on the quality of the book that came before it, Storm of Swords, which is the best book in, in the entire series, in my opinion. That's why that yeah. book is number one, not because of the quality of the book itself. Yep. That's how it goes. That's just how it goes. Yeah. So that's why sequels seem to be kind of like a sure bet. Like, hey, we're going to make a bunch of money. Let's do it. Um, but you are losing some artistic integrity, honestly. And I think the character of Brody is a little bit lessened by this movie. I think... 
um, the entire enterprise is sort of lessened. It's it, it honestly feels like Jaws is the sort of movie that you should kind of pretend is the only one. Um, now, it's possible we might ruffle some feather, feathers with this. I think there are people out there who like the sequels, but you have. I mean, like I can understand liking the sequels as just kind of like fun shark movies, and you're just going to kind of turn your brain off and enjoy seeing these sort of monster movies that they are at sea and, and like the, the sort of that feeling. But like, I would hope that if you're a Jaws fan, you can recognize that the first movie truly is on another level from anything that we get following that. Yeah. If it's the, it's diminishing returns. If, I would love to have a conversation with somebody who, who likes any of the sequels more than the original, you know, yeah. I would like to hear like what, what I don't like, think people like them more. I think people might just like them period. Right. And they might just defend them. But I don't. I hope that none of those people would actually look at them and say they're superior to the first film. And if they do, I would say they maybe they need to go back and watch the first one again. Maybe it's been too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because it just to me, it's not even close. Not even close. I, I that statement from you does make me curious though, because Spielberg did a sequel to Jurassic Park with Lost World. He would go on to do right. Yeah. So after after his statement about it being. Uh, uh, you know, a cheap trick or whatever. I'm curious to know yeah. why he why he went ahead and did it for his own project later. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting to think about. Like he said in the in the other statement that I read, though, he eventually said like he would have done a sequel if it wasn't for the crazy production. So it's like I think I think given the right amount of money, I you know I think I think we're lucky that Steven Spielberg didn't go on to direct Jaws two and he went on to bigger things. Yeah. You know, like the, like I think his career and our enjoyment of his career are better off for it. But like if they if the studio waves a huge check in your face and you think, all right, it's two years of my life and I can make something that's pretty good. You know, I think that everybody agrees with this. It's the same thing with Lost World. It's like diminishing returns. Like it just is. It just like although I, 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 I thinking about it, though, Lost World, at least it's a different story. And it didn't it didn't try and it didn't try and like recreate the form and format of the first movie and just slap some new things onto it. it it tried to do a whole new thing and maybe that's why he he was willing to do it um not to mention it was also following a sequel that was written by the original author which might have affected right. his his reason for doing well, it. well right? i was gonna say like the, the 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 i don't think there's any comparison to lost world and jaws 2 you know what i mean i think that i think that he approached it as a as a very intelligent filmmaker who yeah. knows what people are interested in, what people connect to. And so he, you know, there are good characters in Lost World. There are big moments and, and it doesn't quite, it's it's not the same kind of movie, Yeah, but it's not Jaws 2. Right. Whereas you could look at something like Jurassic World as being more of the sort of Jaws 2 of the Jurassic Park franchise, because yeah. in some sense... Especially it, that new one. Did you see the, the, the most recent Kingdom? one? No. Uh, yes. Yeah, I did actually. I watched it on a plane. Um but my, what I'm trying to say is that Jurassic World, like, obviously better than Jaws 2. Um, I think it has more going for it. But in the sense that it was like, it tries to copy the same format as Jurassic Park. It, it Like, down to, like, like a lot of the nitty-gritties of the plot echo the original film. And I felt the same way about The Last Jet... Uh, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, Force Awakens. thank you. I was going to yeah, say that, yeah. Yeah, The Force Awakens it also sort of is mimicking the format of... Uh, a new hope. And so but in that I, sense, like I, there's sort of like a form copying thing that Jurassic, that uh, Jaws two did here, I guess, but yeah. probably the least I, successfully out of any of those, those examples I just gave. <laughs> well, I would argue, I would argue for, for specifically lost world and, and fall and um, 
the Force Awakens, there's a there's a very clear, clearly defined filmmaker who understands character and who understands what people connect to. So like Ray, Finn, Poe in in Force Awakens, very clearly the audience is going to go along with those characters and care about what they're getting up to. Um, Same thing with Lost World. Like it's it's always about the people. I think ultimately, like no matter what's going on, it's like you got to connect to the people first and foremost. If there was a compelling drama playing out with those teenagers, that's not just like your surface level, like, oh, this one likes this one and they're jealous or something like actual compelling character dramas playing out with those characters when when the shark attacks, it would be a lot more interesting movie. Just that alone. Yes. Yes. It, with everything the same, other than yep. the fact that, that, that the teenagers are, are, you know, compelling characters or, or interesting, at least, like people so that, that we, we like. So that we care about what happens to them, other than, oh, that one is the son of Brody, so I guess I care about what happens to him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked a lot about bad stuff, so I just want to give the opportunity. What what'd you like? What do we like about this movie? So I liked that it reminded me of the first movie. Um, watching it, I will say there's the scene with the blue fin, the bluefish in the water and him shooting his mm-hmm. gun at it. After seeing both of these movies when I was younger, when we went back and watched Jaws 1, I thought this scene was in Jaws 1. Wow. But it's not. It's in Jaws 2. So, so in him up on the shark, wa- like the shark watching station and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, other than saying that like it feels like it could have been in that movie. I think it's um, a compliment. I think so I think that's a compliment, a compliment. you know? Yeah. Um, so in that sense that part i guess was pretty good and, and and that goes back to the thing that i liked most about it was the, the kind of the psychology of of brody now that he's paranoid about sharks um and how that that informs his character uh, and the trouble that that's causing for him i i think that i think that stuff works pretty well yeah i mean i think uh roy schreider like he's still He's not even like really invested in this movie, you can tell. And yet yeah. still his acting, you can see that he's head and shoulders above basically everybody else in this movie uh, in terms of like performance. And and yeah, like like there's like a couple moments of contemplation I was surprised about where, you know, he's looking at himself in the mirror after he's been fired or he's like on the beach with, with his son after the attack and after he shoots his gun, he's like just, you know, we yeah, understand him as a character. Casings. Yeah. Yeah. We understand that he, um, you know, he cares for his family and that's something that people, audiences can connect to, you know, like yeah. that's like wh- whether that's, th- that's like, you know, enough is another, another issue. But I think that like make like humanizing him and, and, you know, having, having him be relatable in some way. Uh, I think that's always a plus. I mean, just like for schlockiness sake, it's, it is fun to watch in parts like like when yeah. it when when it bites the power line it's way crazy over the top and like yeah. i don't like the scene but it's funny like it's just like yeah. it, and like i, I kind want, of enjoy you know it what i wanted more from that was it was good but i wanted more was the the shark attacking the helicopter like yeah that was wild also it, like i way. knew it was gonna happen and but i wanted it to be like even more of a memorable scene it felt like they mm-hmm. couldn't quite get it right maybe I, I got something here for you. Okay. There is a deleted scene after the copter sinks. The shark attacks the pilot underwater. The sounds of the pilot screaming and the copter being damaged are the exact same sound from Jaws when the shark attacks the shark cage in Hooper. These sounds can be heard in other attack scenes in the movie. Interesting. So hmm. it sounds like there was another one. And in the final draft screenplay, the helicopter pilot and Marge, the girl that rescues Sean, both survive. 
The pilot is able to breathe thanks to an air bubble in the copter's cockpit, and Marge avoids the shark by diving underwater. The pilot spots Marge swimming underwater, goes after her, then he, then guides her back inside the cockpit so they can share the air. So it sounds okay. like there was there's definitely some other stuff in there. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of a cool new element. And then the idea, it's like that false sense of hope of like, oh, the the, the helicopter pilot's here to rescue us, and then the helicopter pirate pilot who you never think is going to get attacked by the shark gets attacked by the shark. So th- yeah. that that was a cool moment. I, I wish that they'd been able to like pull it off a little better though. I mean, ultimately yeah. it was kind of cool how the way it like crumpled into the water. Um, yeah. But, but it, I don't know. I just wanted a little more from it, I guess. Yeah. You're making me, you're, you're kind of making me realize something with the copter thing is um, there's a movie that came out that I'm sure everybody's familiar with called Sharknado. And I think that <laughs> this is like the grandfather of Sharknado. I think that this sure. is like the moment when people are starting to realize that like these like really schlocky movies um can be fun and like that's to say like some everybody likes something and and you know s- something is loved by someone but uh you know i've never found much merit in those movies but i know that they're, they're, i've known people who go to like sharknado parties and stuff and dress yeah. up and stuff so, so bad it's good kind of movies right. yeah. yeah it's like a phenomenon that's like either it's going to strike you or it's not the thing that reminds me of that is um the phenomenon of like campiness in movies now, now that's the but there's a there's a separation for me with that because I okay. do enjoy some campy movies and I do enjoy a bad movie, but I think it's very specifically like there's this niche of like sharks and uh, making really bad movies. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Okay. Like Sharknado is yeah. is like its own very specific thing because I I do like really cheesy, really bad horror movies and things like that. Like I, I'm into that kind of stuff, but I think there's like very specific i i don't like movies that are bad for the sake like when they're making them they're like this is a bad movie i find that to be less interesting than than a bad movie that just so happens to be fun to watch yeah yeah well so so campiness is something that um i've thought a lot about of late because i think and i've changed i think i've changed the way i feel about it because in the past i think i would i would bounce hard off of campiness i would see campiness as like the cheese is, 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 um, off-putting. It's, it's bad movie making. It's bad storytelling. And I would immediately bounce off of it. Um, whereas I've started to appreciate that it's there for like a different reason and it operates in a different way. And it, it's, it is sort of like a fun thing. And, and, and I realized when I started to realize that, um, a movie, movies like the Fast and the Furious franchise are action camp is essentially what they are. Because they've gotten so now. over the top, and they're aware of it now. Obviously, not originally, and yeah. and but people love it for those reasons, and they go in expecting it to be. And like even like a John Wick movie is sort of an action campy movie, action campy movie. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah, it's, there's a certain self awareness to it. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, we know that this is ridiculous, yet we're doing it anyway. Um, and then like it, when I started seeing that in action movies and you can recognize it in horror movies too, who do this sort of thing and you can recognize it. Well, like it you mentioned, other. you recently mentioned evil dead too. And that's like yeah, the, the epitome absolutely. of like a campy, like horror film. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when it, when it embraced the campiness to it, I think that's when the, that's, you know, franchise really took off obviously. And I don't know, as, as I'm starting to recognize this different genres and realizing that, even though I'm not a big fan of like the new Fast and the Furious movies or the Ben and Hobbs, what what is it? The Cal no uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, thank you. Think Calvin and Hobbs, you know, whatever. Calvin and um, Hobbs. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw is, is that's another extension of this sort of like campy action movie, and 
I'm realizing that there is a place for those things and that, that people will enjoy them because of that. Not because they're like looking for dumb entertainment, but because they recognize that it's ridiculous well, and they're I would signed say, up for it. They're like, that's why I want to see it. It's ridiculous. So I agree with you. And and I don't want if somebody likes something, I don't want to tell them you can't like that or it's bad to like that or anything like yeah. that. But I think there are people who watch movies like that that fully buy in not realizing that there's a self-awareness to it, thinking like this is awesome in every way. This is, you know what I mean? Like, I think there are those people as well, but I, I totally get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, with, there's, with the a, there's a lot of different kinds of people out there in the world. I, yeah. I'll agree with you there. Um, but I think the majority of fans of those things recognize that they're ridiculous and like them, write them for the reason of it's so insane and over the top. I just, I, I love it. And that's, right. they just like it for that reason. Yeah. And so I think if you're a fan of this movie, ultimately to bring it back around i think if you're a fan of this movie it's probably for a reason like that like it's 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 like this is just like having fun with jaws let's just make the let's just make a shark the bad guy and get into hijinks with them and and have an ex, have a big electrical wire and have it taken down a, a helicopter and just what kind of craziness can we get into with a shark and then you, you go see shark 3d and it's busting through the glass at sea world and you got you know it just gets crazier and crazier as the movies go on and if you like that and you can just buy into the to the over the top nature of it and you're just signed up for like, I just want to see more sharks <laughs> going crazy in these movies, then I think you can enjoy these movies. Absolutely. Yeah. But I guess I'm not quite that person. Ultimately, to me, it's too much of a pale imitation of the original like we talked about. Like the original is yeah. just too good a movie to have a sequel like this. Right. It, it, it It's just so, such a different stratosphere of of movie watching you know it's like like i'm not looking to go watch sharknado and analyze what the intentions of the of the artists were you know what i mean so <laughs> maybe, we, so maybe like, we should <laughs> maybe we should yeah i mean there probably is something there to it i, I admittedly have never seen that movie i've, I've never, never seen, seen sharknado yeah. yeah so but i i mean i feel like i understand what the movie is uh <laughs> i mean it's right there in the title <laughs> yeah yeah. I, okay. I I don't know what else to say about this movie, man. I, I it was, I don't regret watching it. You know, it's I it's, I'd seen it before. I, I I do wonder. I worry a little bit about like the diminishing effect it can have. I try not to let other movies affect like like sequels affect my way I feel about an original film, um, especially when it's a different director and different writers and stuff. Although I think Carl Gottlieb wrote on both. Um, but there's no source material for this. It was loosely based off of Peter Benchley's original characters. Um, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that I think this movie doesn't diminish my appreciation of the original. I think I can just sort of distance myself from it and be fine. How did you feel about seeing it? Do you kind of regret seeing it? Does it affect the way you feel about the first movie at all? Or or what do you think? No. I, so, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not. I'm not going to ever say like, this I think that that a legacy can be tarnished in a way. I think people can say like, "Oh, Jaws as a franchise isn't isn't amazing, isn't like what you know maybe you would have hoped." But I'm never gonna let one movie dictate how I felt about another movie. Uh, just yeah. in general, I think that that like something that something uh, something that I've always subscribed to is just this idea of like I can find something good in any movie. I'm never gonna regret having seen something because I I usually learn something on it, right? I'm usually like, well, that you know, even if it's something bad, there's something to be learned from it. And and I think that for for a movie like this, I'm definitely walking away thinking this is another movie I have to to pull from and and think about and like you know maybe there is a there there is a way that you can reference a movie like this or or um, 
get something important out of a film like this, whether it's don't do something like that or do something like that um, is to be determined by the artist. But I think that I'm never like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen it for the most part. I I guess there are times that I'm like, wow, that was that was pretty, pretty low. But something like this. Yeah. I mean, how could I have not eventually seen Jaws 2? It's it's (laughs) the sequel to Jaws. I think that's how that's why it made so much money. That's how everybody felt about it. So, you know, having said that, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm happy that I've seen it. Man, and and not to like get back into it, but there there is a, such a fine line between having effects that transport you into a world and convince you that something is real, and having effects that don't. And the shark effects in this movie just didn't. Like it, it, it so many times watching it, I'm like, it's such an obvious like puppet or you know mm-hmm. thing they're dr- they're dr- well, dragging through the water or however they're doing it like it looks so fake and i don't know what it is about but like when i watch the original jaws that happens very infrequently for the most part i'm completely immersed in it and i believe that this shark is real and i just couldn't quite get there with this movie that you know sh- had a bigger budget and should have been able to do an even better job with it and it just didn't yeah i don't know Movie magic. They yeah. had the movie magic on the first. Well, one. and I think the that I mean that comes into like knowing what shots to use and knowing what how to use a prop in a way to make it feel real versus to right. show a prop and make well, it so that it looks obviously like a prop. Yeah, on the day, like knowing like how we can how can you fool the camera? How can you yeah. when you get back in the edit room? How where is the exact frame that you cut in order to hide that wonky looking second that happens right after this perfect moment you can use? Um, that's for sure something something else to talk about there. I wanted to mention one shark attack. There's like the there's one where the girl's swimming in the water. I think it's when the teenagers are all, are all out there, and uh, it almost looks like the shark just like brushes up against her, and then we go to like a hard cut to her like her like stomach or like abdomen area like bleeding. Yeah, just like the shark attacks were very very cheesy and like very. Well, like, I think clearly... they were trying to show the um the roughness of the shark skin. They were like, we've read that shark skin is in is like sandpaper because it is. If you, especially it's like certain directions. So I think that was what that was trying to show that like even brushing up against it will rip you open because it's its skin is so harsh and and sandpapery. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, not concrete. It's not asphalt that you're falling. <laughs> like it's like I was. I don't know. It's funny. Just a moment of the, you were talking about like the attack effects and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of different ones. I, you know, the idea that the the shark is going to like chase down the water skier and attack it is pretty ridiculous. Like, it's like they took everything and they put it over the top. You know, here mm-hmm. in a way Definitely. that the first one wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I think we've talked enough about Jaws two. We hope you guys appreciate that. Thank you guys. <laughs>